Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. The title of my message today is Blessings on Blessings. Blessings on blessings. Now, I'm not the one to preach a prosperity message. I'm not the one to come up here and say, everything's going to be good always, I promise you. But I really do believe that there is a way in which we can see the blessings of God and actually enter into those kinds of blessings because he's promised them to us. Blessings on blessings. You know, we've all encountered some very interesting days, especially over the last couple of years. And We're living in a bit of the unknown over the last little while, and it's safe to say that in our lives we've expected some unforeseen misfortunes or even blessings. And up until 2020, I've never really been scared when I walk into a bathroom that there's not going to be toilet paper. I've never really been scared walking into um, a store that there's not going to be piles of toilet paper. And all of a sudden, a couple months into our pandemic, uh, how was it here in Florida? Did you guys lose toilet paper as well? It was the craziest thing that ever happened. I remember all of a sudden we see the news, like people are hoarding toilet paper. I'm like, what? So there I go. We're like, we have a little stockpile. We're fine. You know, toilet paper is going to come back to the store. And all of a sudden, we're a couple weeks into this, this empty shelves. And Brianna says, Um, Alex, you need to go get us some more toilet paper. We have one more roll left, right? Fearing for our lives, uh, I go, okay, it's time for me to be the man and provide for this house, and I'm going to find some toilet paper. So I go, and after five stores, didn't find anything. Do you guys remember this? You walk down the aisles, they're completely cleared. I remember going to my second Target that day. It was my sixth store. I walk in. And there were the most small, little, disappointingly small packages of tissues. And I'm like, that'll work, you know? (laughs) So I grab a couple packages of them and I run up to the front. And while I'm sitting there, I'm disappointed asking the person, do you know when the next shipment's coming? They go, no. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? Brianna's going to be devastated. We're going to have to use leaves, like whatever. And I'm sitting there in one hand trying to check out and the other hand looking on Amazon to see if I could buy a $20 roll of toilet paper. And right as I'm doing that out of the corner of my eye, I see this um, older lady walk in the door with a massive package of the fluffiest toilet paper you've ever seen in your life. I like to think of it as paper gold. And she walks over to the return counter and drops it off and leaves. And I run, I leave my tissues in the middle of that transaction and I run over there and I go, can I just, can I buy that toilet paper that lady just returned? Now I promise you, I'm probably never going to do this again in my life. Um, I will never buy return toilet paper, but I sit there and they go, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm checking out with this huge smile from ear to ear. So excited. I get to bring home toilet paper to my wife and I ask the lady behind the counter, I go, why did that lady return this toilet paper? And she said, This is going to sound crazy, but the lady said that God told her that someone needed it more than her. And I'm sitting there like getting all emotional about toilet paper and Target, guys. I come home. I'm like, babe, I'm home. I delivered the blessings. You know what I mean? It's a silly story, but, you know, we've seen a lot in our lives. God come through in the last moments and 
ridiculous ways and big ways. And I remember one of the biggest ways was when we moved down here in January. Many of you might not know our story, but in uh, September, I think 30th of last year, we closed on a house in Beaverton, Oregon. We're like, here we are. Um, we are gonna be here for a couple years and live our life here. And then all of a sudden we get this message saying, uh, would you wanna plant a church in Tampa? Probably not, we just bought a house, that's it. But can I tell you, uh, we stepped out in faith, sold our house within four months, um, didn't make any sense, and found a house to buy with a contingent offer here. And it didn't make sense with the, how the economy's working here. Nobody was taking contingent offers. Our realtor even said, there's no way you're gonna get this house. We put our offer in and the lady, we send a letter in and the lady said, uh, we wanna welcome you into this house that you can raise your kids here like we raised ours. So it was an amazing blessing. We're all excited. Confirmation to the max that God wanted us to be in Tampa, right? Are you with me? It's like, yeah, okay, we know that God has called us because the door has opened. We were able to sell our house and make just enough money to pay for the down payment. Didn't make any sense at all. So we are on the drive down and three days into our drive, the money from our house sale gets deposited into our account. Everything's falling into alignment. We're gonna be able to buy our house. We come down here, we take a little vacation and we you know, go to our house for the first day and realize that we have to give this down payment for this house. Well, here in Florida, they don't have the same banks as we had up in the Northwest and there was not a single bank and it was 3 p.m. I'm looking everywhere, where's my bank and it's not here. Didn't even think about it until then. I'm calling every friend I have. I'm like, what do we do? Do you have money we could borrow? I have no idea what to do in this. It was dead ends at every turn. We called our realtor and she said, if you don't have that check in hand tomorrow, you will, you're probably gonna lose this house. We didn't know what to do. Up against a wall feeling and there we go. And I remember running to Chase Bank asking, is there anything we could do? They said, not really. We opened a bank account anyways, and she said, you know, it was like 10 minutes until they were closing. She goes, the only thing I could think of is if you actually had a paper check, which who has paper checks anymore, right? If you actually have a paper check, we might be able to make this happen. And luckily, my wife is a little old school and carries paper checks, and so thank you, God, for that. We get a paper check. We fill it out for the amount for the down payment, and we put it in the bank account, and then the bank closes. We look on our app, nothing, zero. Had no idea what to do. Ask the lady, is there anything we could do? She says, no, we just have to wait. I come in the next morning, it's 9 a.m. My account still says zero. We have to be at the appointment at 10 a.m. to sign for this house. We have no money in our account. So there we are begging at the bank, please just pass this through, we need it. They go, there is nothing we can do. Devastated, drop my shoulders, walk out of the bank, Tears in my eyes, look at Brianna go, I don't know what we're gonna do. We're not gonna get this house. It felt like the door was closing on what God had called us to. It felt like in every way, like, wait, are we, are we supposed to be here? And yeah, we just sat there and held hands together and prayed, God, would you do a miracle in this? And I turn and I pull my phone down one more time, do the reload of my bank account, and right in that moment, the money, the entire thousands and thousands of dollars was in our account. I run inside with my phone and I show her, look, it's here. And she goes, there's no way that it's there. That has never happened in the entire 20 years I've worked at this bank. 
I'm like, look, God, it happened. God did this. And she's like, someone's looking out for you upstairs. So she cuts this check. I run and I get in my car. We drive to the appointment with a minute to spare. And I slap that check on the desk and I go, look what God did. I'm telling them, celebrating. Come on, how good is God? Making a way, blessing his children in crazy ways. And you know, as outrageous as the story is, it just reminds me that God sees and he cares and he blesses his children in unexpected ways. See, God's blessings are so undeserved. Here we have Abraham, who has been that he's told, he's told that he's fully going to inherit all the blessings that God has to offer. Land, generational blessings, financial blessings. In every way, Abraham is set up for success. Yet there he gets backed into a corner and chooses to tell a lie rather than tell the truth. Chooses instead of to walk in the authority of, yep, I got my protector on my side. I'm going to tell a lie to this guy, even though technically he's a sister. But, uh, you know, she really is his wife. And he sits there and tells this lie and He's not trusting in God and operate, and he's operating in sin rather than righteousness. And as the story continues, came to Abimelech in a dream and revealed that Sarah was Abraham's wife. If we pick it up in verse nine, Abimelech called Abraham in and said, why have you done this? Why have you wronged me? Why have you brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? Why have you done these things to me? And you could imagine in this moment, Abraham sitting there and realizing that his actions could have led to others' downfall and others being affected. And Abimelech does the unthought of in this moment. You would think you get lied to, you get deceived, you're close to death. God reveals to you in a dream that you're gonna die, yet Abimelech blesses Abraham abundantly. Sends him with cattle, sends him with sheep, Sends him with male and female slaves and he gives him, gives him his wife back and he says this to Abraham, the inheritance that God had promised him, he says, my land is before you live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels and you are completely vindicated. See here, Abraham receives blessings on blessings that are undeserved, doesn't he? See, you could dig the deepest hole of wrongs, you could build the biggest wall of sins, and yet still God will surprise you with his love out of your iniquities. Just because Abraham took things into his own hands doesn't mean that God's call and his blessings are revoked. It just might mean that they're delayed until you're ready to receive it. See, even when it comes to the Israelites needing land, it was the one thing that they needed to reestablish as a nation. And yet here in this moment, God gives such abundant blessings that he gives them, gives Abraham the ability to establish as a nation. Abraham's living in the blessings on blessings. See, our God is so far above and beyond our expectations, our ideas, and even our understanding. He's faithful and our faithless. He's just, he's kind, and he loves. You know, moving here to Tampa, I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, you gotta come check out this place. We gotta check out this restaurant with me. There's a lot of great food in our city, a lot of great opportunities to eat great food. And there's this guy, he's actually here today, Christian Sudrath, and he asked me to come to this restaurant with him. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. He goes, it's gonna be the best food you've ever eaten in your life. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in, in. Well, I show up to this restaurant and I look at it and I go, that's a gas station, bro. He's like, no, 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 trust me, trust me. It's the best chicken wings you'll ever have. I'm like, bro, I like walk in and there's like refrigerators. They're selling Mountain Dew here. Like, 
who sells Mountain Dew at a restaurant? And so we walk in and we order food and I sit down and it smells funny and it looks funny and it's not branded well and I'm like a brand guy. Like I wanna see a good brand. So then I'm sitting there like just waiting for this food, very skeptical, and the food comes over and you open it up and all of a sudden you understand why it is really the best food in Tampa. It's called Yuppie Wings if you don't know. I know I've talked about it before but I just gotta emphasize it. You know, I... Thinking back to that, you really can't judge a book by its cover, right? As much as the outside of this place didn't look right, it needed to be on like Restaurant Impossible or something like that, the food was absolutely insane. And I think that for us so often, we can look at scenarios, look at people and judge them by the cover, but God doesn't work like that and neither should we. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The temptation we all face in the world today is to look at the outside and judge what's happening, but that's not what God does. We want to look at Abraham's story and go, He doesn't deserve that blessing. He doesn't deserve the abundance. He's already living in the blessing. He's already living in the abundance. Why does he need more unmerited blessings on blessings? Because God sees the heart. He sees the intentions of the heart. And he rewards you accordingly to that. God sees true intentions. So we're going to jump to Galatians 3, 6 through 9. And this is Paul talking about the life of Abraham. And I think it's important to go on the other side after Abraham's been gone for many, many years. And this is the reflection that Paul has. And I think this is where we're going to be able to pull some points and really begin to live out in the blessings that God has for us. So Galatians 3, 6 through 9 says this. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All the nations will be blessed through you, so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So looking back on Abraham's life here in, in Galatians 3, we can see that Abraham truly lived out the initial prophecy that was spoken over him, amen? And so I want to offer three points today, make it really practical for you, what it looks like to live in the blessings on blessings that God has for you. We want to live in the blessings on blessings that God has for you. So point number one is this, believe in God. We see in Galatians 3, 6. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. His belief in God was credited to him as righteousness. You know, I asked Bobby Walker a couple of months ago. We were hanging out. Bobby Walker is our creative pastor. You want to wave at everybody? We love Bobby. I asked him what his favorite kind of movies are. I said, what, like, what do you watch? And he goes, anything that's believable. He proceeded to tell me that he can't stand superhero movies, can't stand Star Wars, can't stand any sci-fi, any make-believe at all. He said, if it's not believable, uh, then I don't want to watch it. And I said, that's the whole point of movies, right? That's, that's why we go to the movie theater. It's like, I just want to see something crazy right now. And he's like, as long as it's not a true story or documentary, I'm not watching it, right? He said, as long as it's believable. 
Well, I was thinking about that when it comes to our relationship with God, whether words of scriptures are believable or not to you, there has to be a choice in our heart to simply say, I believe. This believing is the starting place for our relationship with God. That's the whole point of us even having faith, is that we would choose to believe in the unbelievable. This whole Bible, if we don't have faith, doesn't make sense and doesn't have context in our life today. We gotta have faith, we gotta believe, we gotta choose in our hearts, regardless of maybe the stories might be crazy, maybe the things might be outrageous. Did, did God really humble himself and die on a cross for us? We have to choose to believe it. And it says right here that Abraham was credited with righteousness because of it. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards, everybody say rewards, those who earnestly seek him. Believing in the unseen feels impossible, but can I tell you that the proof can be in the rewards? God rewards those who truly step out and earnestly seek him and have faith in him, and it pleases him. It pleases him. And I promise you're going to see the blessings on blessings when you truly, full-heartedly, 100% believe in God. Number two is this. Understand your inheritance. In Galatians 3, 7, it says this. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Everybody say, children of Abraham. Understand your inheritance. See, in Romans 8, 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory, we are all heirs of the kingdom of God. And we read that right. If we share in his sufferings, we'll also share in his glory. This is where I get away from the prosperity gospel a little bit. You share in his sufferings, you share in his glory. You know, this is a silly example, but after being a father for six years, six and a half years, obviously there's a lot of suffering that you do as a parent. But, um, you know, our kids, they want us to read them books every single, uh, every single night. They're like, can you read us these books? And I can't stand reading kids' books, so I like making up stories instead. Why? It's just not reality. Right? It's like we're talking about a leaf like floating down the river and then it like ends up on a cloud and it's like life is all good. Like a duck is like walking down a path and everything's okay and he always finds his mom, you know. I'm like waiting for a, a kid's book that's like the bear comes out and eats the duck and I'm like, see kids, this is life. But no, we just have all these and I'm pretty sure we have every single book that's ever been written. Brianna's a thrifter, so she just buys books nonstop. She loves it. But our lives aren't like kids' books. They aren't devoid of suffering. They aren't devoid of hardships. And when we, learn, when we learn to lean in and understand that through your sufferings, you are sharing in God's glory, we actually cherish the sufferings. We actually cherish the fact that we get to go through hard times because God is going to reward us and he's going to get the glory. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ may power, Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We need to embrace the weakness. That's the inheritance. We share in his sufferings. We share in his glory. We understand that we lean into that. 
But can we have a real conversation in this room for a second? Can we just get really real? The other day, someone told me this story about recently, this son, he goes into his father's will reading and all of his siblings are there and we'll, we'll name him John. I don't remember his name, but he's gonna be John. And he's at his father's will reading and, and they go around the table and they're saying, you know, this son or daughter gets the estate, this one gets this amount of money, this one gets all this and it comes around to John. And in the will, the last statement in the will says, because of John's lifestyle, he doesn't get anything. Oh, when I heard that, I was so mad. I was like, what are you talking about? You're gonna take this away? You're gonna take away all the inheritance that this guy has, and he wrote him out of the will. See, now we have to understand that God's arms are open wide, and we have to understand that the inheritance is wide open for us. But also we have to understand there's a difference between sinning and living a life of sin. This is where we're gonna get real. They are different because the fact of sinning is it's a one-off, returning to God, walking in grace. You made a mistake, you turn around, you make a choice to live for God. But being a sinner, living a lifestyle of sin, is different. It's a decision to disobey the plans in life that God has called you to. And we then disqualify ourselves from receiving the inheritance. Is that okay for me to say? I know that's a tough thing to hear. But if we choose to live a lifestyle of sin and say, no, God, we're going to do this our way, we then choose to disqualify ourselves from the inheritance. But there's such good news for everybody in this room because it doesn't matter how far you've run. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter the depth of your sin or your sinful nature. We have a God who's like the father of the prodigal son standing there waiting for your return, standing there with arms ready and open. He'll break any cultural boundary to sprint to you, to run to you, to put a robe on you, to throw a feast in your name. It doesn't matter how deep you're in. His arms of grace are open wide and we can walk in that. So let's do that today. And number three, simply this. Galatians 3.9 says, so those who rely, everybody say rely. rely. Rely on faith, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Another great story of God's provision in my life for relying on faith is my whole first year, I decided to go to college and I bought this new Acer computer from Costco that was like, it was like a seven inch screen and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. They made many computers for the first time. This thing was the biggest piece of junk ever. I mean, the battery died in two hours. This thing was absolutely terrible. I'm sitting in all my tutorials. I moved to Australia trying to Skype on it, do all my stuff. And this thing was the worst computer I could have ever bought to go to college with. I was so upset. So what did I do? I started grabbing those prayer cards. And every single service for an entire year, I'm telling you, five to seven different services every week, I'd walk in and I'd fill out a prayer card. God, I want a 13-inch MacBook Pro that I can make music on. I know it's crazy. End of my first year. Decided to hang around. It's another story in itself. I'll tell you it another time. Come back next week. Blah. <laughs> I'm there continuing to put these prayer cards down. You know what happened? This guy comes to the lobby one day and sees me and says, hey, will you come over here real fast? He's wearing a backpack. I'm like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> he pulls his backpack around. 
and goes, you know, Alex, you're persistent. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, most people would just go out and save up and buy a MacBook. He said, but I've been, tra- I've been in charge of the prayer team <laughs> for college and for church. And I've seen every single week your persistence. And he unzipped his backpack and pulled out a $2,500 MacBook. And he handed it to me. He said, I've been saving so that I could give this to you. We got to rely on faith. We got to believe that God can do the impossible in our lives, right? Our God is so far above and beyond everything we could ever ask or imagine. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. See, we are called to live by faith and not what we see. What we see will deceive us. Abraham, when confronted by the king, would have seen his life flashing before his eyes. What have I done? Why did I do this? Why did I lie to this man? Yet because Abraham's faith wasn't based on reality, God's hand protected and provided. God, or we see here that Abraham relied on faith. So I'm going to invite the band up and As we're concluding, I want us to see this clearly. We need to believe in God. Step out in faith and simply believe that he is God. We need to understand our inheritance. Understand that the nations can be blessed through us. That we are children of Abraham, meaning we can be blessed with the same kind of blessing. And lastly, we need to rely on faith. Take every day. Walk in faith. Step in faith. Believe God that he's going to do things in your life. In Genesis 11, 31 through 32, as we conclude, I want to read a couple of scriptures just to kind of understand Abraham's life just a little bit more, if that's okay. We see five verses of Abraham's father's life. Now, it's not often we talk about Terah, Abraham's father. Abraham is like the father of faith. So in the Bible, we usually start at Abraham, right? We don't usually go to Terah. Why? There's literally only like five verses about Terah. But it says this, Terah took his son Abram his grandson, Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, the wife of his son, Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. Can I say this today, that half obedience isn't obedience. Terah had the opportunity to enter into the final land that Abraham ended up in that he got blessed with. And yet, he stopped halfway. It says right here, they set out from Ur to go to Canaan. So what you're telling me is Terah could have been in Canaan watching as the blessings of his son touched nations. And the generational blessing on Terah's life would have been right there. Yet Terah wasn't obedient to follow through with the call. And he stopped halfway. Which meant that the generational blessings just continued to pass down. Then you have Isaac, who's Abraham's son. We pick up this scripture in verse 26. Says this, Isaac planted crops in that land in the same year and reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow and he became very wealthy. 
He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Do you understand that we are inheritors of God's blessing, just like Isaac was of Abraham? We are the same in the fact that we are children of this faith. We are children of Abraham. And we see here the generational blessing being passed down and passed down to where he superseded the blessing of his father. Each and every person in this room, you have been blessed with that kind of inheritance. That kind of blessing is on your life. That kind of love has been made available for you. All we need to do is believe in God, understand that inheritance, and rely on faith. Can we stand to our feet? You can bow your head and close your eyes. You know, maybe you're in here today and you hear me talking about all these blessings and this lifestyle of faith and relying on God and the first step you have a, a problem with, you're going, I don't, I don't fully believe in God or I haven't believed in God and yet I hear you talking today and I go, man, I believe that a God is real. I heard the songs that you sang, the releasing and the breakthrough that God is offering and I believe now that God is real and we just want to give you an opportunity to say that out loud and to walk in that. And those of you who maybe have walked away from God, this is a great opportunity for you to choose to come back to him. So I'm going to count to three and just gives you an opportunity. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. And it gives you an opportunity just to make a statement of faith. So one, know that God loves you. He sent his one and only son to die for you on the cross so that you could know life in this life and life eternally. Two, today is the day of salvation. You can walk in it right here, right now. Don't wait any longer. Believe in God. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand? Come on. Come on. Can we lift up a shout for those who maybe raised their hand in this place? Whether they had the boldness to raise it or not. And every week we pray this prayer together. And I think it's appropriate that we do it today. If somebody maybe in their heart even spoke this, we want to pray this prayer. So would you repeat after me and say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died. And I believe you rose again. I invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Give me faith and hope for my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could we just raise our hands all across this room? It's an act of surrender to God. God, you see every hand, you see every heart. You see the intentions of every heart. Right now, Lord, I pray that we will fully believe in you and believe that you are real. Lord, that we will walk in that faith. Lord, I pray right now that we'll understand the inheritance that you have for our lives. Lord, that we will receive the blessings. We will receive the inheritance of the fathers before us and the fathers before them. And right now, Lord, let us walk in faith. Let us rely on faith to experience the full measure of your blessings. I speak blessings over every person. I speak life change over every person. Let us inherit the land. Lord, let us inherit your promises over each and every one of us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's sing this song out together. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.